I'm here. You there? I'm here. Sorry about uh, last last week's little uh, thing we had to go through there, but thanks well, for coming back. It, it was an adventure. Yeah. And this is the Your Podcast, everybody. I'm going to let you introduce yourself. This is Vicki Filmley. And you... How long have you been into drones? You run the drone um, drones in the desert Facebook group, but how long have you been into drones? Been into drones for about five years now. Um, really got hooked on the commercial photography aspect of it, um, okay. and bought. Um, uh, I have three uh, uh, photo drones now, camera drones. Um, and uh, had a commercial license. I, I haven't renewed it. I am retired, or at least I'm trying to retire. Okay. Uh, um, I'm making every effort to do that, and, um, but I still get calls from time to time. Uh, but there are you know, quite a few really competent uh, uh, aerial services now in the Grand Junction, Colorado area. When I started five years ago, there wasn't really any. So I sort of had the playing field to myself, uh, which was great uh, in some ways. Um, but uh, uh, it was really rewarding. It was really great. I learned a lot. One of the things that I did do, though, is I crashed my first drone. Everybody oh. does. It. Uh, fortunately, the manufacturer had, uh, uh, had developed several trouble tickets on it. Um, I had some issues with it. So they sent me a brand new one with a free upgrade. Yay them. Um, but uh, I kept uh, working at it. I joined the um, uh, local club of the American, <clears throat> excuse me, American Modeliers Association. That helped a lot. They have a great flying field. There's no trees, which was sort of my nemesis in my first yeah. trip. Uh, they have no power lines. It's um, uh, a little bit remote, but they have a full facility with electricity and a building and a canopy and everything else. Uh, so that helped a lot uh, to uh, uh, practice and um, uh, learn the controls, especially with that new up upgrade. Um, it was sort of a new, uh, a new learning curve for me. In that uh, exploration of that field and doing what I was doing with the uh, commercial aspect, um, I started looking at all of these YouTube videos, these great videos of drone racing. Most uh -huh. of them seemed to be in arenas or structures, but there were quite a few that were outside. And that seemed to be a really growing, um, uh, innovative kind of high-tech stuff that was going on and it really intrigued me not so much for me to race but to learn the technology to talk to people and I proposed to our club hey let's put on a drone race and their first question was what's a drone race and I said I don't know but I'm going to figure it out that's the spirit and that was uh, over four years ago we partnered with a racing club uh, out of uh, the Denver area, uh, the other guys, and that was a real smart thing to do because they had been uh, conducting and organizing races for a couple of years. 
Um, so they were still learning too, but they, they really had it down more than any other group in the state did. So they came over, they brought all their tech, their computers, the wiring, everything that needed to be done and set, us, set it all up for us. And we invited racers from all over the country. So what do the tracks typically look like? Are you guys going through rings or do you just have like posts out there that you're going around? Or It really does depend on the field and it changes from year to year. Fortunately, uh, they were able to make uh, our uh, Drones in the Desert a multi-GP uh, qualifying race. So that set the course, shall we say, uh, into a national level. So there oh, are cool. There are gates, there are rings, there are, well, I don't know about rings. I, I don't think I've ever seen rings, but there are gates. There are rectangles to go through, boxes to go through, and uh, it's, it's uh, quite the course. Uh, generally speaking, there are four or possibly even five drones in the air at any time. Uh, okay. And so, um, uh, and they're, they're really well coordinated. Of course, it's all FPV. And it's all computerized because these things go so fast. 80, 90. How often do they crash? Well, um, we had our fourth year just this last September. Um, and that was our first crash. Uh, I'd never seen a crash before. Um, there was a first one. It was rather epic. And uh, <laughs> all those years, all those races, all the dozens, dozens of racers that we've hosted in the in the hundreds of races that's the first time i've ever seen a crash is there a video up on youtube from the uh the pilot's point of view like when yeah. they crash mm -hmm. yeah we do okay. and uh and when they hit the gates or whatever uh you can go to dronesinthedesert.com that's our website we do have um videos uh several videos from uh, the packed races, uh, all of them do feature the camera views uh, from the races. And this last year, we also, actually the last two years, we've had simulators set up for the public. This last year, we had one of the simulators um, actually tied into the a couple of the racers, the, uh, uh, their, their cameras. So people were able to see what the racers were seeing while they were racing. And we'll do that again this next year. And you say you were about to say I cut you off there, but they go eighty to ninety miles an hour. Is that correct? At least, yeah. Um, at least uh, we have one racer who is now a national quali, and, and that's the other thing too is that every year we've had uh, national qualifiers race, and uh, our racers have helped their standing uh, within the multi GP community. Uh, we have one young man who is. Just darn near unbeatable. Um, he's only, I think, he, I think maybe he's turned 17 now. I'm not even sure about that. Uh, two dog, and um, he is phenomenal. I, I, I heard the chatter from this last year when he was uh, flying the first year at Drones in the Desert. He was 110 miles an hour. Oh, man. Yeah. And what, like, for people listening right now, if they wanted to get into drone racing, like, is there an amateur? league with slower drones or do you just sort of have to go out and get something that's going to keep up with everyone else's drone 
That's about right. Um, there are amateur, shall we say, standing, now not standing so much, but many of the clubs do have segmented races for uh, amateurs as opposed to the more experienced pilots. But the, um, the bottom line really is uh, get involved with the local community, some local racers. Almost every town has them now. You just got to find them. Uh, and they and the one thing that I was amazed and have continually to be amazed year after year is how actually genuinely helpful everybody is to everyone else, whether it's advice or expertise or parts or building or whatever. Um, these guys are there for every for for, for everybody um, and. The other thing, too, is with our race, uh, we are really into getting the public up there to see. And every year, the racers have just gone out of their way to bring people out from, uh, shall we say, the uh, the stands, the the audience, to show the FPV, to, to put on their goggles, say, here's what I'm seeing. You want to see it? And, uh, and to really answer all of their questions. They're just really super that way. But as far as uh, getting involved, there are drone race racers out of the box that you can buy, but but um, they will yeah. only take you so far, and everybody ends up building their own. And I know that one of the questions that, that everybody wants to ask, well, what do I buy, what do I get? Well, I can, or anybody can tell you wh what to get now, but in six months, it's gonna change. It changes yeah. so fast. The technology changes. I mean, here's just one example that, that I kind of like to refer to. After the first year's race, we were ankle deep in broken props throughout this whole canopy that was about 60 feet long. I'm not kidding. Uh, there were so many broken It was like the elephant graveyard of broken props. Well, this last year, I'm looking around, and I'm like, I don't see any broken props. I see a few here, a few there. So I asked one of the racers about that. And he said, because they're better. The props are a lot better. The industry has um, responded with better quality materials. And, uh, and that, means that, that means that the props just aren't breaking. They're not shredding. They're not shattering like they were before. Now, you might think that's not a big deal. But when you're going through... You know, four years ago, $60, $70, $80 just in props versus yeah. 10 or 15 now, huge difference, huge difference. So that's just one example. Batteries have improved substantially. Um, uh, the, the, the motors have improved. A lot of innovation, a lot of innovation going on. Uh, and that is, that is one of the advantages that, that anybody who wants to get into this will see when they're getting involved with other racers, with other people who are interested in this and want to uh, to really learn. The best way to learn, of course, is fly. And of course, fly against competitors. Yeah. So if, if they did want to get into it, you're kind of discouraging just one of those boxes, you know, like a, a ready to go box. Do you guys have videos or like, is there a typical frame you'd want to start with or? What I would advise uh, anybody to do is would be to um, look at YouTube, go to West, and I'm going to spell it out for you, West, W-E-S-T, 
P-S-Y-D-E. Just search for W-E-S-T-P-S-Y-D-E on YouTube. Um, this is a local group, local company. Um, they are, uh, uh, there's four of them involved. They are all top-notch uh, builders and racers. And two of them have won, um, I want to say, twenty to $30,000 each in the GoPro challenge every year. Uh, GoPro, okay. GoPro, what the GoPro does, they, they put out a call and send us your videos and you share a million dollars. Um, so for two years in a row, two of these guys have submitted and they've uh, each uh, been able to glean, shall we say, twenty dollars to $30,000 from each one of these competitions. So Westside, and he has, they have a lot of videos about building, about, uh, in a, they just put one up today about um, one of the GoPro filters, uh, is it worth it or not? So they have uh, a lot going on. Uh, every, every few days, they're gonna, they, they put up something that they've worked on or that they've experimented with or whatever. Uh, plus, it has a lot of their videos, uh, what they've done. It's just they're pretty amazing. Um, they showed up the first year, Drones in the Desert, um, as individuals. Um, and uh, uh, within a year, they had formed this company, and it's just taken off. It's just uh, literally uh, the sky is the limit with these guys. It's just amazing. Very proud of them. Very yeah. proud of them. I know with, like, um, automation Drone racing's probably, I mean, that's always going to be there. That's something funny or fun people do. But uh, what about like the photography? Because I, I got a Maverick Pro mm -hmm. and I didn't want to get into like the real estate uh, picture side of it. I kind of wanted to try to do the, the, the mapping mm -hmm. section. That's where I wanted to get into it. And then, you know, life hit me and I couldn't, couldn't do it. I had to move around kind of went by the wayside but with mapping or real estate photography or just all anything you can do for pictures with drones do you see that going away or paying less or it's not going away um certainly all of us are concerned about the new faa regulations especially when it comes to fpv first person view regulations mm -hmm. that they've come down on um, they just released them in the last few days. I'm still kind of going through them. AMA is also going through them, and um, we're all we're all concerned about that. You know what what I am amazed about is um, you know you look at it from a national or actually even worldwide uh, the the the, the po potential for restrictions is very very concerning. Um, nobody's been killed by a drone. Um, yeah. There have been very few, uh, very few even um, serious accidents. Very few. Uh, there have yeah. been some, but again, when you consider how many of us are out there, there aren't that many. And most of us are conscientious. We follow the guidelines. We follow the rules. We are so uh, into safety. All of us are uh, that um, you know we're just uh, really conscientious. There are hot dogs out there. We know that. We don't uh, condone that kind of behavior that people sometimes um, indulge in. 
and uh, and we do try to really monitor ourselves. We really, really want to to be good citizens to everybody. And uh, you know, we're we're really watching those FAA regulations. But getting back to your original question, no, this is not going away. Um, this uh, is just going to keep getting better and better and better. You know, you were talking about surveying. Uh, I believe is what you were kind of interested into land masses and so forth and so on. That technology has just exploded. Uh, it has been, been yeah. amazing watching that in the last five years, and how those commercial. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. How those, uh, uh, how how, and how easier it is now than it was five years ago. It's easier to set up. And you get so much more. You just get so much more. But I do want to say this, and I, I kind of do this kind of tongue-in-cheek because I get, I get a lot of phone calls from, uh, you know, the local community about drones and buying drones and everything else. But what I tell them is, okay, you're going to get yourself a drone, and it's the Barbie doll phenomenon. I hope I'm not, uh, uh, I hope I'm not going to be in trouble with the copyright with Mattel. But you get the drone, and you know, you got the Barbie doll, right? Well, you got to have the house, and you got to have the car, and you got to have the boat, and then you got to buy Ken, and then you got to buy everybody all these clothes and the jewelry <laughs> and everything else. Well, drones are the same way. You got this drone, but then you're going to need SD cards. Uh, you may want yeah. filters for your camera. You're going to want software that enables you to do a lot of the surveying. You want to make sure, and that's you, got, where it's you, not sure you get the right drone for that too. Oh. Um, and then um, there's uh, the batteries. Uh, most drones come with two batteries. It's not going to be enough. You're going to need double that, maybe even triple that, maybe even quadruple that. And they go back. Yeah, I know my Maverick has uh, three batteries, but they only last about 20 minutes a piece. Right. Exactly. I mean, one update process goes through all three of them it's crazy <laughs> that's exactly right and they do go bad so you're going to have yeah. to replace them um so it's and then uh because you're going to be into the video or the photography you're going to want software to be able to manipulate that and then you're going to need a bigger computer uh, that was the one thing i found my first month i think after buying my first drone the computer i had was not going to handle the software and those six, seven, eight gigabyte videos that I was trying to push through. And, oh yeah, and so four K. So lucky me. Well, it's like eight K yeah. now. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Lucky me, another two thousand dollars, and I buy a new computer. So, uh, <laughs> so that's so I caution people about that. Uh, you know, if you're even semi-serious, but racing drones is kind of the same way. Uh, and what you get now, like I said, what I what did I say just a few minutes ago? In six months, it's going to be different. So you're going to want more. I mean, just the fat shark uh, FPV goggles. It's been amazing how those have evolved in the last four years. Uh, I can't get yeah. over how those have evolved. Yeah, I remember uh, watching videos probably about three years ago on those FPV goggles and. Um, the cameras and stuff and they it wasn't the greatest quality what i was seeing on youtube but i would imagine now it's just gotten better quality smaller cameras well the other thing too is that um the quality that you saw may have been a result of 
uh, a couple things. Perhaps not the best camera on the drone and perhaps not the best SD card on the drone either. Uh, or, yeah. And or three things, I guess. I, I, I should have added this. Maybe not the best software to process it. Don't go cheap on the software uh, to process okay. manipulate those videos. Don't go cheap. Um, uh, and you don't have to go cheap. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, Adobe has great products. They're about a hundred bucks. Uh, you can go that way. Uh, but, um, don't, you know, don't sell yourself. D don't, don't try to manipulate a really good quality video with cheap software because the results are going to really, really hurt you. So how long did it take you? Cause like if, if I'm flying mine, you know, I, I watch it take off. I watch it fly away and then I'm only really looking at the screen if I'm trying to take a picture or if I'm like too far away to see mm -hmm. how much, how long does it take to get used to just having those goggles on? Um, I, I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't use the goggles. Um, they make me violently ill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that, um, you know, in talking with others as well, I think you can get used to it, but the younger you are, uh, this is my, this is my my idea. This is my thought. The younger you are, the better off you are. Um, yeah, the older you get, those FPV goggles, I think, are a little bit harder to get used to. You can probably do it, but I, I tried, um, and um, uh, I had we had a guy that had him hooked up to uh, one of his uh, RC planes. And uh, mm -hmm. he was going, he was, he was 40 miles away and it was pretty amazing, but it was slow. I mean, he was, he was not racing. And so, uh, well, so then a while later I've got FPV goggles to, with the racers and I cannot figure out what is going on or how, yeah. um, none of the racers trust me with their goggles and their <laughs> for a very yeah. good reason, for a very good reason. So stuff's um, not cheap. Go ahead. Stuff's not cheap. No, uh, no, it's not. And, um, but I think that uh, everybody should try it. I mean, if you're racing, you have to go with FPV. You don't. However, with your commercial drones, you don't need FPV. And in fact, oh yeah, by the way, hmm, let me back up on this just a little bit. It is against FAA regulations to go with FPV while you're flying a commercial drone. The reason is, is that you need to have line in sight of your drone at all time. And you can Yeah, you can't have it more than a mile away, right? Or it has to be within sight distance? It has to be within your sight all the time, whether it's 10 feet off the ground or a thousand feet away. Uh, most drones, you can't, well, I mean, let's think about this. A mile away, that's a long ways. Yeah. You're not going to see your drone, and you have no idea where it is at that point in time. Oh, I have horrible eyes. I can't see it when it's like exactly. a thousand feet away. And you've got the sun in your eyes and everything else. So um, I think somebody asked me how far I've ever had one of my drones when I'm flying commercially. Maybe... Um, maybe 2,000 feet, and that might be stretching it. I like to have my drones really close to me, and because um, I have this ability, and it's, I mean, I don't mean to brag or anything, but for some reason, uh, my brain, 
just syncs really well with my drones. Um, in fact, I hardly ever have to look at the screen. I know what my drone is seeing. I know where it's where that camera is pointing, and I know where my video uh, is starting and where it's ending and the photos that I want to take. It's kind of odd. I mean, other people tell me the same thing. Uh, they just have this knack for knowing where their drone is and where that camera is at any given time, which has really helped me because um, I do uh, um, uh, one of the niches, I guess you could say, I, I found was uh, ravines, uh, looking at beaver dams and uh, going down, uh, way down into a ravine. And so I have my drone inside all the time, of course, but I just have this knack of knowing where my camera is pointing. I know what it's seeing. So, um, so, uh, but like I said, FAA regulations, you cannot use FPV on your commercial drones. They will not, yeah. they, that is against the rule. Um, so because of that, and because of the fact that they make me violently ill anyway, I've never had to worry about it and I'm, I don't use them. Uh, and I don't want to, and like I said, I can't use them legally and I don't want to use them because it's not necessary for me. But you don't want your drone too far away. Yeah, you know, the farther away it goes, the more you're risking a flyaway. You don't want that. Have you ever had one just take off no. on you? No. Just like freak out in the air? No, no, never have. Um, and there's always with the big drones, there's the return to home. You can always toggle that. Now, I rarely use it. I think I've used it maybe. Boy, probably five times in the last five years. I don't use it very often uh, because, again, I like to have full, full control over my drone. The other thing I don't use is um, automatic landing, which comes with that return to home. Return to home, it will land it for you. I don't like that mm -hmm. because my first, uh, the first, one of the first times I used it, uh, you know, maybe one of the few times I've used it, uh, the darn thing landed right in the middle of a prickly pear cactus. So that wasn't really cool. Oh. And so I had to take off again and shredded some leaves of that cactus. I think, uh, I think I broke a prop on that one and landed it again. But I learned right away to take off and land manually, especially landing manually. Uh, I encourage everyone to figure that out, to learn it. It's, uh, it's, it can be stressful. I understand that. But it's much better to have full control of your drone, especially when you're landing, than to trust some program that you hope will land it where you want it to. You know, the manufacturers say it will land, um, I think it's within 20 or 25 feet diameter radius. I think that's right. Um, but um, that's not a guarantee. And that 20 feet might be off a cliff. Yeah. So there's, so yeah. there's that. What, what was your first drone? Pardon me? What was your first drone? Um, I fly Uniques. That's all I have. Uh, okay. Y-U-N-E-E-C. A um, couple of reasons. Their technical support was just fantastic. Um, and, um, and I really, really, really liked uh, the way the props went on and went off. The other reason too uh, is, is that the controllers are Wi-Fi. I do not need to sync, I cannot sync my phone with that controller. Um, when I first got interested, um, I was seeing an, a, a guy using a, 
another brand, I won't say which one, he had to sync it with his phone. And it was 10 minutes before he got that thing in the air. Uh, it kept uh, the, the phone, uh, the Wi-Fi just kept disconnecting. Finally, he got it and he got it to where it was stable. But I asked him, I said, so you're flying this thing and your, your phone company may not be that reliable. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Well, it'll come down. I know. Well, that's not too cool. So I did a lot of research for several months and unique, their controllers are the Wi-Fi is built in, don't need a phone, which is really great because I've flown in a lot of remote areas. I have flown in a lot of canyons uh, and I don't have to worry about my cellular service uh, cutting out on me. I never had to worry about that once. So that was the thing that really sold me on uniques. Um, it's and, and uh, the GPS, the satellites, everything is right there, and I just never have had any issues with them. So uh, and I, then when they came out with the six, um, I boy, I, I bought it within the first month after they came out with those six props. Really like the props. <laughs> well, I we gotta stop the audio right here just for lag issues, okay. and then I'll send you another link. All right. And then, uh, yeah, if you want to, I've never, never even seen a six prop one fly. Get into that when we get back. Okay, I'll be here. Okay, I'll send you the link okay. now. Okay, we back. Back. So with the six, the six prop, what are you getting? More power? More like what? Why would you want the six prop? Is it that much more steady? Yes, uh, stability is a huge issue. Um, you live in Utah. I live in Colorado. Gets pretty windy, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and uh, um, my my six, um, I've had it up to thirty mile per hour winds, and I've and it's been just great. Another uh, member of our club, he also has a six. He has the same exact unit as I have. He says he's had it up to about forty or forty five uh, miles per hour, and he's never had any issues with the wind. Um, I'm not that brave, but yeah. he, he swears by it. He says his six is really stable. So that, and then also the six has retracting landing gear. That means that uh, the landing gear goes up out of sight. And so that camera can swing around 360 totally unobstructed. No landing oh, gear in sight. Okay. Yeah. And that's a really, that's also a really nice feature uh, with your camera so that you you're not getting those uh, landing gear legs in sight. So are you do the uniques come with their own camera or is this one that you because I know the Maverick it just had a, a fixed camera you right know what I mean? and like can you swap out GoPros I know some of them they just have GoPro mounts some yes, of them they do. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry to interrupt. Yes. Um, you can swap out cameras. Uh, almost, you know, all of them, um, they, uh, unique now, I think, and DJI is very similar. You can customize the camera equipment that you want uh, with the drone that you're ordering. Um, okay. I think they're up to, um, let me look and see, but uh some of one somebody forwarded me a link, and somebody was um, selling a 24K camera with their oh. drone. Yeah, that's uh, 
like that's like wow um <laughs> yeah. yeah that's crazy because yeah. we can only see it 1080p right that's what the human eye can i mean you can zoom in really really close at 24k i guess but yeah but that's um uh, I, 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 but then uh, one of the West Side guys uh, last uh, summer, he was showing off uh, his drone and he had mounted a, it was either a Nikon or a Canon, I don't remember which, a uh, huge camera. Um, I think it was 24K, but don't hold me to that. I don't remember what he said now, but he had mounted it to his, his, uh, his one of his bigger drones. Um, like a full SLR? Uh, yeah, it was an SLR. Oh. Yeah, and that's, um, again, uh, four years ago, you wouldn't have seen that, but no. <laughs> but you see it now. Uh, I mean, they're pretty heavy. Yeah, it was uh, pretty impressive. But then these guys are, you know, they're, they're going all over the country shooting this phenomenal video. And so, um, you know, they... Uh, they don't mind pushing the envelope. And I would say that that's probably the best piece of advice I can give to anybody who wants to get into this stuff. Don't be afraid of pushing the envelope. Uh, go for it. Uh, do it. Yeah, it's crazy because not, not even that long ago, any aerial shots had to be done with a helicopter. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, even the Maverick Pro, the one I got, it's like four years, five years old, and it's um, – I mean, it's excellent video quality. It's mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. Um, and helicopters are expensive. It's usually. Yes, they are. And plus, um, you just can't get into areas with a helicopter that you can with a drone. Um, you know, like yeah. I mentioned my ravines, the ravine, the ravine shots that I do. There's no way a helicopter could get down in there. But a drone can. Um, and so, uh, and stability also. I mean, the drones... Uh, with those gimbals are so darn stable. Uh, there's just almost no, um, well, there's just no wiggling at all whatsoever. Uh, with those. And then, I mean, a lot of them have the follow feature too. So it's yeah. like, you know, if you're snowboarding down a mountain, the thing's going to follow you. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Feature. Yeah, that's really cool. I've even seen, I even saw a video not too long ago. I think one of the Westside guys did it. I can't remember now. Uh, they uh, were following a pickup truck, and they landed the drone on the on the bed of the pickup truck while it was still moving. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I have a little fishing YouTube channel, and I've debated whether or not to bring my drone out there. I just I don't know if I want to try to land that thing on the kayak. That uh, <laughs> that might go bad. My go, yeah, my go. Drones in water do not do real well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's the that's a that's that and trees. Uh, trees in water don't look real good. Don't you know? Don't don't go there. Maybe unless you really, really, really know what you're doing, or you don't care about losing your drone. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So uh, the racing, do you got you guys have a lot of races coming up? Were you affected by COVID? Well, COVID, COVID made September really interesting. Uh, we did give uh, did get the uh, go from the health department to um, to have it, but uh, there was also the um, stipulation, should we say, that they could have shut us down at any time. So, uh, boy, it was it was day day by day. 
you know, just uh, planning and getting things done and everything. Uh, so it made it very interesting. We did have as many racers as we had the previous year, so that was really good. Frankly, though, what really hurt us, uh, or mail well, didn't hurt us in the in the long run, but was a real concern were the fires. Uh, we had some huge fires just to the north of us on the book lifts. And that, okay. was, that the smoke was epic. But a week or so before the race, it all cleared out. Uh, beautiful weather. And uh, the health department uh, didn't tell us, don't do this. So we did it. It was interesting. It was quite a challenge. Fortunately, our sponsors stayed with us because uh, they really believe in what we're doing. And that that also helped tremendously as well. So we had a really good race. Um, most of the, um, uh, the local, uh, the locals are, well, of course, with the weather, they're not racing too much. Although over in the Denver area, they just had a race just this last weekend. So, um, so there are races being conducted. Our next Drones in the Desert isn't until September. And so okay. what, uh, what the local racers are going to be doing is, uh, and, and the statewide and wherever else, they're going to be having their own, their own races, uh, small and large, depending on uh, the group and, and the community and everything like that. One thing that we did last year, and it was kind of good that we did, uh, because it, there was a little bit of a learning curve with it, uh, and it worked out real well, we had a night race. Uh, that Saturday night, and that was spectacular. Um, boy, if you've never, if you've ever get a chance to see night racing with these things, uh, do it because it was amazing. So we actually had three races that weekend. The first race Saturday was the multi GP qualifier, so the people could get seated uh, for the nationals. Then Saturday night we had the night race. Sunday, then we had our championship cash race uh, we give six hundred dollars in um uh the purses uh 300 first 200 second 103rd uh so we get and we've done this for four years now we've given cash uh um uh prizes as well as the trophies so sunday was our our trophy race so we had a, actually three races that weekend um not very many People have done that. <laughs> Not many races <laughs> have done that. We did because uh, we really wanted to entice, you know, racers. We really want to do something different to kind of hopefully make up for the COVID restrictions that we might have to be uh, facing. But we'll do this again next year for sure. We learned a lot. We're definitely going to do it. We'll have three races that weekend and uh, it would be really great. We really work hard to take care of our racers. Uh, free food, free barbecue, free snacks, free water, free ice, because it's pretty hot. Um, and um, of course, the, the field has all the electricity, all the amenities, uh, the canvas, co uh, the cover, you know, everything that we have. Uh, and they, uh, the field belongs to them that weekend. So uh, for their uh, $30 entry fee, uh, we give them a lot, and uh, we will do even better. This year is going to be our fifth big year, so we're gearing up for some really spectacular things. Are you guys going to start uh, doing more races, like quarterly races? Is that something you're looking to do in the future? 
not us, but like I said, the other guys that that club, that club over in the Eastern Slope, um, the gatekeepers over here in uh, in the Grand Junction area, um, they're I don't know what they're planning, but I'm I'm sure they're planning some uh, some several races. Two years ago, they had um, a race uh, that was about a month before Drones in the Desert. They had some like 60 racers. It was just amazing how many they had at that event. Uh, so they have their own events. And then uh, Drones in the Desert, and they, then we all come together for that. And that's how that works. So uh, okay. the, gate, the Gatekeepers, again, that's a Facebook page. You just uh, Gatekeepers Grand Junction. You can find it. And, uh, um, you know, probably in a couple of months, they'll be putting out their schedules and, and what they're going to be doing. Um, they, the, the club has grown. They want to grow some more. But, you know, I think Moab has a pretty good size, um, I think, has a pretty good size drone racing community. A lot of good photography down there, I would imagine. And yeah. wide open, no trees. Uh-huh. I mean, that, that would be a perfect place for Exactly. So I think Moab has a, you know, Mo there's lots of opportunities there in Moab uh, for, for this kind of thing. So just look for your local community. And, and, uh, and the other thing, too, is that, you know, hey, if nobody's doing it, start one, start, one, start a club. Um, look, at, <laughs> look at me with drones in the desert. You know, I'm just sitting around one day with some of our members saying, hey, why don't we do a drone race? Five years later, here we are. Um, yeah. Who knew? Uh, you know, we took a chance and uh, it worked out. It's worked out really great. It's a lot of fun. It's really worthwhile. The money that we make, we don't make a lot of money, but whatever we do make, uh, we put back into the STEM program with the schools, buy drones and for kids. Okay. What we can do there. And, uh, um, and that's, that's how that works. So uh, we're really uh uh, we had a drone camp this last summer uh, up there, uh, ten kids, and that was that was really great too. And I hope hopefully we'll do that again this next summer. Have you ever heard of anybody doing like a demolition derby with drones? I mean, is that a thing yet? Or uh, you mean crashing drones? Uh, Thirty of them out there, last one standing wins type thing. I never have, and I'm going to say because uh, you know you're going to have about five hundred dollars in each one of these racers. I don't think yeah. them is going to be too popular. Um, you know, uh, you know, you didn't ask about that, but I think that's this is a good good uh, good place to mention. Uh, people ask how much money does it take to get into these? Well, your boxed racing drones, uh, you know, a couple hundred bucks with the with the goggles and everything, maybe another hundred if you go really cheap. But again, you're not going to be real happy with that. Um, I would say that uh, most of the racers, well, first of all, um, they don't have just one. Yeah. Um, none of the racers have just one. They have four or five or six uh, because um, they, they may not crash into each other, but they do crash into the ground. That happens. Yeah. Or crash into a gate. Or just malfunction for whatever reason because things with wires do that. Uh, things with things with motors they do malfunction. Things with batteries they do malfunction. So uh, 
most of them, uh, if you ask, and I have asked them, most of them say they have between $2,000 and $4,000 in their equipment. Um, and so I think that's you're probably looking to get into it. You're looking to spend around 2000 minimum. Well, that's, that's for the pros. That's for, you know, that's when you're up there, you're, you're up there ways doing that. But what I've, again, what I've determined and, and what is astonishing to me, and it's great is that all the racers are so generous with their health and their expertise. And many of them, um, I, I mean, I don't know how many times I've walked by somebody and says, well, gosh, I really, you know, I really like to get into the, oh, here, I have an extra frame. Go ahead and take this. It's free. Or um, here's, a, here's a couple, here's, here's four motors. I just, I just got those from a sponsor. Here, go ahead and take those. Um, they, are very, they are so generous with the equipment. Uh, or they'll sell it for pennies on the dollar. You know, they'll, they'll sell it for 10 bucks when it's worth 40. Um, this is, and uh, over on the Eastern Slope, it's the same way as well. So I can't imagine that it would be any different anywhere else. Uh, these guys, they really do want to promote their sport. Uh, and the best way to promote it is to be as helpful as possible to people who are really wanting to get into this. So initially, um, sure, you can get a drone in a box, but you start hanging around with these guys. Before long, you're going to have a fairly decent racer, uh, fairly decent equipment, and then you'll be ready to decide if you do want to spend that $500 for that fat shark. Actually, I think the latest one was $700, the one that just came out of $700. Huh. Uh, you'll, you'll be able to take it in baby steps. Um, and do it a lot better. And you'll also find, you know, how, find out if you're really into it and how good you are. So with like the, we were talking a little bit about the automated drones coming out and stuff. Do, do you remember Amazon's big plan to have all deliveries made by drones? Do you think that's something that'll happen in the future? Well, I don't know if it'll happen in my lifetime, but it might happen in yours. <laughs> Um, I, uh, it, what, it, it's interesting, some of the FA, the new FAA regs that just came out this last few days do address that. And okay. it looks like they are giving them the green light to do that. Um, these are going to have to be big drones. Um, you know, they're, the payload is going to be, um, you know, 50 pounds, uh, you know, minimum perhaps. I, I, I don't know, but I mean, they're, we're talking big drones. We're talking. I mean, I'm staring at my my ten, and it's pretty good size. And the Amazon drones that I've seen just being um, uh, experimented with are three times the size of my ten. So huge drones. Um, but I have to say, um, you know, we were talking about the wind a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, you order something and um, it's blowing 60 miles an hour out there. I don't even know <laughs> if the big drones can handle it. Or if it's raining really heavy. Uh, I don't know. It just seems that the weather uh, is going to be a real big factor in this. I mean, I uh, about four years ago, I was talking to a lady who had got into the drone business. She was local. Uh, about a year after I had started and she said she was going to give it up. And I asked her why, because she had bought 
four or five big DJI drones. She had invested quite a bit of money into it. And she said, well, there were a couple of reasons. First of all was she hired two or three guys to run these and she thought they were competent and diligent and everything else. They did have their 107 certification. So that was good, but they crashed them a lot. And the main reason was because it wasn't their drones. You know, they brought a drone up and they didn't care if they crashed or not. It wasn't theirs. They didn't pay for it. But the second reason really drove it home. And that was the weather. She did not realize how much the weather would impact her business because she'd get a call from a client, a realtor, for example, you know, can you run this, can you run the drone Wednesday afternoon, yada, the, the owners won't be home, yada, yada, yada. Sure, you bet. Well, it's raining cats and dogs. And the clients don't understand that you can't run a drone when it's raining like that or when it's 50 miles an hour, when the wind's blowing 50 miles an hour. Um, she did not realize how really horribly the the weather would impact her business. And it it, you know, again, it's pretty windy here. It's windy in Utah. It's windy everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So she gave it up because she, those two factors, um, she lost money. And, uh, and that was real unfortunate. I was real sad to see her give that up. I really was. Uh, but um, I had educated my clients enough to tell them that, okay, here's a date, but I need three or four alternative dates too. And, and the other reason too, is that I may need to come back. I may be, I may need to run it again because, you know, maybe after you see it, there's a feature that you wanted and I didn't get, or I didn't get a good enough view of. So I'll come back. Um, and uh, um, so I was educated. So I had to educate my clients and if my clients didn't understand that then they weren't going to be my clients. And that was fine with me. Did, do you fly yours when it's just drizzling? Do you fly yours when it's just drizzling or light snow? No, I don't. Um, okay. uh, some people do. Now I have, I have flown in light snow. Um, I had it up at the field uh, here a couple of years ago and it was, it was snow, but it was really cold. I do worry a little bit about my cameras when it's really cold. Most yeah. don't, I just do. I'm, I'm a little bit more of a worrier than maybe than some people are. Well, they're not cheap. <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, and uh, I would, uh, uh, I would, I would rather, you know, you have, you've had your uh, Mavic now for, you said four or five years, you know? Yeah, well, I, I actually bought mine right before they came out with that Mav- Maverick too. So oh. I spent like full price on it. And then, you know, a month later, they came out with the second one. That one dropped half. But, yeah, I've had it for at least three years, I would assume. Oh, Uh uh-huh. Okay. Well, that's good because a lot of people, you know, there's a standing joke (laughs) in the drone community. Um, It's not that funny if it pertains to somebody listening here uh, to, to, uh, to your podcast, but the standing joke is, yeah, there's a uh, hundred thousand drones sold every year at Christmas and December 26th, there's 9,999 drones crashed. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, um, that's kind of the, that's kind of the standing joke. It's like, yeah, um, 
the, the drones that are sold, it doesn't matter how many of them are still flying a day or two later. Uh, not very many. And that's unfortunate. That's maybe mine. Yeah. So it's, uh, um, uh, like I said, if, if you're not laughing, if this pertained to you, but uh, for most of us, we kind of shake our heads and it's like, yeah, um, this is how it works. <laughs> well, um, do you got any big, big things coming up? What's, what's some of the coolest shots you've taken with your drone? I know you were talking about beaver dams and stuff. Where's like the favorite shot you've taken with it? Um, probably, um, well, I did the Fat Tire Festival. I was contracted with the county about three years ago and did that out near Fruita. That was a lot of fun, uh, taking shots of, of folks, you know, uh, 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 the, the mountain biking community. Uh, I was out there for two weekends, and uh, that was, that was a, a, a whole lot of fun. I think that... Um, you know, we're, we're challenged here because uh, you, know, you look at these YouTube videos or, or you know, whatever, uh, TikTok or whatever, and the spectacular drone shots are in the ocean and around big lakes and everything like that. We don't, we don't have that. Uh, but I think that um, some of my better shots were on uh, like the old Spanish trail or other trails, people using those trails. I did a road race, um, a running race. Um, about four years, well, about three and a half years ago, uh, out uh, in uh, uh, the McGinnis Canyons area. That was a lot of fun, and that was really cool. Uh, it, it was interesting uh, dealing with thermals coming up from canyons. Uh, that was uh, that was a that was a learning experience uh, <laughs> with the thermals and watching yeah. my drone was sort of rocked back and forth. You know, like you know. 200 feet above me and I'm like oh that doesn't look good <laughs> so, I get a little nervous huh? yeah. know when the wind comes I get a little nervous when things shaking up there yeah well especially the thermals you have no they're so unpredictable and uh, and the warmer it got the worse the thermals got the, the warmer it got during the day so I was kind of staying away from the canyons more and more as the, as the afternoon progressed <laughs> Um, uh, well, okay. There's, there's lots of, there's lots here. I can take, I can take video of, I can stay away from the canyons for right now. Uh, but, uh, uh, I got some really, really nice shots of some of those canyons. I got some really nice canyons in Utah and, uh, and, uh, just going back and forth there. Uh, so that's, you know, uh, there's the, the, the scenery can be spectacular and it's very spectacular from the air. There's just absolutely no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, so what what would you tell anybody who wants to get into like the drone industry? Like I know a lot of people do, you know, go out and buy a drone and think that they're going to do pictures for realtors. And I mean, what would you say the realistic scope if you're getting into something with the drone industry? How lot, should you go about that? A lot of realtors now have their own drones and they've got their own certification. They've gone through the 107 certification. Um, you know, remember with commercial drones, uh, if you're going to make money, charge money, you do need that 107 certification. Uh, there's a test that you have to take and you have to pass with 70%. Uh, 
Um, in Grand Junction, the, uh, 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 the airfield has a testing center here. Uh, most airports, large airports, do have testing centers. I believe it's $175 now, but maybe it's not quite that much. Maybe it's $160 uh, to take the test. And you have to, like I said, you have to pass it. You also have to Did you do the school? Um, well, unfortunately, no, there isn't a school here locally. Um, there are there are online tutorials. There's quite a few of them, though, that you can take. Some charge, some are free. There are several manuals. Um, the one I had, I think, cost $20. And so there are manuals that you can take as well. Now, in bigger, like in Salt Lake City uh, or Denver, bigger areas, um, I would check to see if there are any schools or classes that you can take. In Grand Junction, there aren't. I know they tried but it didn't work for whatever reason. And I'm not sure exactly why, but um, so it's, you're kind of on your own in smaller areas. Uh, and of course there here, there were quite a few people who did take it and, um, and it passed. Uh, so, um, you know, they could, uh, they would help people, uh, I think with that. Uh, the mapping, the diagrams, all that, that was the hardest part for me. Uh, and, uh, um, but I did, you know, I did pass it. Uh, but, um, uh, but if you want to make money, you do have to have that. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You have to do that. So, um, uh, so look into, you know, part 107 certification in your area, where to take the test, look at those online tutorials, uh, manuals or whatever, they'll all be very helpful, uh, to you in taking that test. It, you have, I think, three hours to take it. It took me a little over an hour to take, to take it. But you have, you do have a quite a bit of time to to take the test. Um, so okay. that, so that's that's the first step. If you want to do this commercially, if you just want to do this as a hobby, then um, I would advise uh, you to, you know, anybody who wants to get into it to really decide what you want to do, you know, photography, for example, the videography, remember what I said about the Barbie doll syndrome. And, uh, um, and, and, you know, right now the, the two big manufacturers are DJI and Unique, Y-U-N-E-E-C. Um, and uh, uh, take a look at all those, take a look at the advantages, the disadvantages with them. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, and, and we have a, uh, a hobby shop here in town uh, that um, used to uh, run uh, Uniques, but because Unique is now just commercial, they don't uh, sell those anymore. But maybe your local hobby shops or local areas, uh, lo excuse me, local stores and areas, they might be able to steer you uh, straight on some of those things. Um, I would not, uh, I, I try to discourage people from going online and uh, buying something online without doing um, some homework and, and uh, research and talking to folks. Um, you might not be very happy with what you're getting. Yeah. Um, DJI, for example, um, they have a lot of uh, YouTube videos. Unique does as well. Uh, but um, I know DJI with their uh, with their lower cost drones. You know, you're still looking at what seven or eight hundred dollars. I haven't looked at DJI for a while, but 
Yeah, I think mine was like 1200 when I bought it. It was pretty pricey. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, you're going to have all the add-ons too. You know, lucky you. They have the GPU yeah. Mini 2. Um, I don't know anything about those. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I don't fly DJIs, but a lot of people do. Um, probably in the category that, that I'm looking or that I did with Unique, you're probably looking at the Phantom, the DJI Phantom. Right now, that's running about $600, according to their website. Uh, but the Mavics are, well, let's see here. What does it say? Uh, $500, yeah. For um, the Mavic 1? That's a Mavic, that's a Mini 2. The Mavic, the oh, Mavic the Air 2, now that's that's 800. The Mavic 2 is 1600. Well, I think I'd rather get okay. the, I think I'd just get the Phantom for that much money. Yeah. <laughs> I know the Phantom cost more than the Maverick did when I, because I was going to get it, that one instead, a little bit better, but uh, the Maverick folded down, got a yeah. little smaller. Right. Uh, but for, for 1600, I think I'd, I'd get the Phantom myself. That's me personally. Um, that's, you know, just now I know that DJI was going to come out with the racer. Did they? Um, I have not looked to see if they, they have the Inspire and the Enterprise. Those are really expensive. Um, and so I, you, you know, I might want to look at DJI's to see if they come out with the racer. I honestly don't know if they did. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard that they did, but I haven't really followed it at all. Um, but that's where um, getting with the West Side folks and some of the others would be really helpful to, um, to pick their brain and, and um, you know, see what they think about uh, all of these different kinds of drums, the brands and so forth and so on. Well, we're rolling up on an hour here. Where can people follow you? Well, uh, just go to Drones in the Desert on my Facebook page um, and uh, send me a, a message or just uh, like it and start posting, asking questions or whatever. Uh, that's the best. That is the best, uh, uh, the best option. And uh, my phone number's on there. So if anybody wants to call me, uh, I'll give it right now to uh, 970-245-8484. I uh, love talking to people about this and hopefully um, uh, help them make some good decisions. Well, thanks for coming on. I'm going to put the link in the description of the, the podcast here. Great. Great. But uh, thank you for coming on. And I'll link it uh, once the podcast is live. I'll link it to not only our Facebook page, but also the website as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, if you want to give me the link to the website, too, I'll throw that in the description. Drone. Or any Instagram, anything else you got. Uh, the website's drones, dronesinthedesert.com. Dronesinthedesert.com. Uh, okay. Search for Drones in the Desert, and you're going to find us one way or the other. Uh, but dronesinthedesert.com, okay. and, uh, and then on Facebook, Drones in the Desert as well. well cool. Well, thank, thank you. No, thank you. This has been fun. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this stuff. Well, I, it was a fun, good conversation. Thanks for coming on. You have a great week. You too. Bye. Bye.